Welcome back to the Magna Vita. I'm Alex Olson. Every week we listen to hours of the best podcasts about personal and professional growth so that you don't have to. We present the best practices and principles empowering us to build a great life. Last week we talked about core values and learning. This week we listened to more than 20 podcasts. The three best ones talked about entrepreneurship and limits. But first, for the bonus for this week, wanted to share a little bit, two favorite quotes that we have about our country in honor of July 4th. So I hope you had a great holiday. Hope you're able to spend it with family, had some good food. But I do think it's a great opportunity to be grateful for what we have and for the opportunities that we have because we live here in America. And the first quote comes from John F. Kennedy. And he said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And I love that message and that quote. The motto of the Kennedy School where I went is ask what you can do. And I love how empowering that is to focus on what we can control and that we're not entitled and we're not expecting things from others. But instead, it empowers us to think about what can I give and how can I help others and how can I change this situation? The second quote that I really like comes from Condoleezza Rice that we've talked about in other podcasts. And she says, the essence of America, that which really unites us, is not ethnicity or nationality or religion. It is an idea that you can come from humble circumstances and do great things. What a great message of hope and optimism and opportunity. But there are some great podcasts this week, so let's get into it. The first podcast from this week is The Tim Ferriss Show with Seth Godin. It focused on the power of failure, focus, and setting good limits for ourselves. Seth is a marketing expert and author of over 15 books. He's also started a successful company. And when I heard these things, I I was blown away that he's written 15 books and I wondered how he was able to do so much. And I think it comes down to focus and setting good limits for ourselves. He talked about how he doesn't watch any television that is live and any recorded television in his house. He also said he doesn't use Twitter because he recognizes that it will take time away from work that will actually make him better at what matters most. I really liked he said it frees up hours and hours every day to watch and do things that he actually wants to do. And it gets to this idea of offense versus defense that he talked about. Seth said, most people play the majority of their lives on defense. They are reacting to whatever comes at them instead of proactively going after what they want and what matters most to them. And he also talked about how it's not a bad thing to be bored. He said that a really successful author, Neil Gaiman, makes himself write a book by becoming extremely bored. He said that Neil says that if he becomes bored enough, the book just comes out. And so Seth said that we should clear the decks so that the only thing that's left 
is us and the change we want to make in the world. And the next theme that he talked about was failure. And it was really powerful. And I'm grateful that he was so open and so honest. Because it's easy to look at someone like Seth with 15 books and think that everything they touch just turns to gold. But instead, Seth said, I've had way more projects than other people. And I've also had way more failures. And I love he said, I'm most proud of the failures because it's the mindset of trying to do something that will help other people. Seth said, the goal is to come up with as many bad ideas as possible because then you'll have to eventually get to some good ideas. And he said that people mistakenly think that successful individuals just only have great ideas. But he said that people with good ideas have even more bad ideas. We've talked about it before, but it's just again that theme of, of practice and practice and practice. That if we get enough repetition at something, we will become better at it. And we might fail and we might have some bad ideas, but eventually we're going to find ways to help others. And I really liked, oh sorry, our dog is barking downstairs, but I'm going to be late for work, so i got to push through. So the next part that Seth talked about was writer's block. And he said, I really like this message because he said that he writes five blog posts a day and he publishes at least one a day. And so I was wondering how he does that. And in a separate interview, I heard him talk about how he writes so much every day, not because he has so many ideas, but that he has so many ideas because he writes every day. And so that might have seemed, that might be a little circular, hard to follow, but it's just the idea that every day he knows he has to write. And so it forces himself to be creative and to look for those things in his life that he can write about. And so again, just to reiterate, because I think it's such a great principle that he doesn't write every day because he has so many ideas, but he has so many ideas because he writes every day. So another great example of limits that help him to be successful. Just a couple more thoughts to end uh, this podcast. I really liked, he talked about how people are plastic in a good way. He said that we can grow and become better and that skills and traits are made, not born. And then Tim talked about, asked him what's most important to him and how he makes time for it. And he said, there's nothing more important than being with our kids. He said that, and so for those of us that might not have kids, I think it gets to the importance of relationships. And he said that we should spend two hours a day with, he was talking about his kids, but I think it goes to with anyone in our life without a device. He just talked about how when we get rid of that device, we can have a quality relationship and we can actually connect with people. And to do that, he said that being busy is a trap and a myth and that we should find time for what's most important. And I really like Tim Ferriss, the host of the podcast, quickly said that he talked briefly about the power of the three breath break. And I really like this idea that it's a short meditation to recharge and reframe the present. So all it is is three breaths, and we always have time for that. And the last point from Seth, 
the last message he wanted to leave with people is you are more powerful than you think you are. The next podcast from this week is Masters of Scale with Reed Hoffman. This week, Reed interviewed Gwyneth Paltrow and he talked about entrepreneurship as a second act. And I don't think it has to just be a second act and it can always be a second act if we think about, well, we just finished school, we wanna focus on building something for ourselves and for others. And so he gave some great, he gave seven great steps to be a successful entrepreneur. But first I wanted to share a great quote that he shared from Brian Chesky and that's who founded Airbnb. And Brian said, there's only two things you really need to know to build a company. One, build a great product, and two, hire amazing people. So I love that idea that we can make things so complicated, but it really just boils down to these two things, that if we can build a great product and hire amazing people, then we will be successful and our company will be successful as well. And so getting into the seven steps that Reed shared, talking with Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, who started a very successful lifestyle brand called Goop, if you're not, a, not familiar with why he's talking to her. So step one is don't wait for permission to start. Or sorry, he said, don't wait for permission, just start. And so I love this idea that Reed said, it's normal to have no idea what you're doing but with humility and hard work, we can turn that weakness into a strength. And I'm just gonna run through these because they're good and I don't wanna take up too much of your time, but step number two is embrace the gaps in your knowledge and create a strategy to fill them. Step three is ask for help and listen to the answers. Reed said, you need a chorus of positive external voices to drown out the negative internal voice. And he, he's not saying we want to just surround ourselves with people that only give us good news. He was saying that we also want to search for the people that can help us, whether that's with positive or negative feedback. Step four is keep your eyes focused on the road ahead. I really like this part. Gwyneth talked about how she's been she obviously has been very successful in Hollywood and movies and acting, but she talked about how when she went to go meet with investors, that those things in the past really didn't matter, that she just had to focus on the present and the future. And Reed talked about how you can't expect to coast on past accomplishments, that people only care about the future. So I really like that message that we can't get comfortable and we can't just assume that we'll be successful because of something in the past. Step number five is never stop experimenting with your product, your ideas, and your company. Step six is be an infinite learner, but accept that you can't master everything. And so Gwyneth talked about when she became CEO of her company, she wanted to learn every detail, but she realized that that wasn't her job and that she could hire smart people, people that in some ways were better than her to help her company become better. But she still is always learning and trying to become better so that she can lead those around her. 
The final step, step seven, is be ready for the transitions that come with scale. And so Gwyneth talked about how her company needed to have a culture that was bigger than just one person. And that culture can help guide everyone. And Reed talked about how with culture it needs to be, and, and this isn't just for companies, we can have cultures within our family, within our teams at work. And, and Reed said we need to be very explicit about what culture we're trying to build and then hold people accountable to it. So hopefully these seven steps help with your considering entrepreneurship or if you're trying to build something yourself. The final podcast from this week comes from Freakonomics Radio. It's titled A Better Way to Eat, and they interviewed Takeru Kobayashi. And so I loved this episode. It's about Kobayashi as a competitive eater. We'll talk more about it. Um, I loved it not just because there's nothing more American than the hot dog eating contest on July 4th, but also because it's an incredible case study about how to succeed in any field. It doesn't have to just be competitive eating. And so to start out, Kobayashi was entered in a professional eating contest by his friend as a joke. Just as a backstory, he's only 5'8", 128 pounds. So he's not a big person and it was just a joke, but Kobayashi didn't see it as a joke. He studied the contest because he wanted to win. And when he studied, he realized that people ate too much in the earlier rounds. And so he only ate as much as he needed to get to the next stage. And in the final stage, he crushed the competition and he won. And so there's this general theme throughout Kobayashi's life of how he takes his training very seriously and how he experiments with everything. So he's known for the hot dog eating contest and it's incredible how he was so creative and how he innovated the sport and really changed the way people do it. So he created the technique of ripping the hot dog and bread in half and eating it that way. He also created the idea of separating the hot dog from the bun and eating two hot dogs at a time. And his biggest invention, you might think it's kind of gross, but he invented the technique of dunking the bun in water and then mashing it together to make it go down easier. And I, I just love how he was so dedicated and so determined to win that he analyzed every aspect of his technique. He said that he videotaped his training sessions and recorded the results to learn what worked best. And the host talked about how Kobayashi was the first to treat this like a sport and how he wanted to be the best in the world. And it's an amazing example of how to break through limits, how some limits that we set for ourselves are good, but a lot of times the outside world will set limits for us that aren't good, that aren't helpful and aren't even necessary or real. And so Kobayashi said, humans make up what their potential is in their mind based on what society tells them it should be. So the world record for eating hot dogs was 25 in 12 minutes. And his first time at the world's biggest hot dog eating competition, the host asked him if he felt like he belonged. And I love his answer. He said that he wasn't even thinking about that. He just thought about how he came to win.
And he had that confidence because of his practice and his training. He was focused on the right things, on what he could control. And during the competition, he didn't worry about how many hot dogs he'd eaten. He just relied on his technique that he had developed and perfected. He just focused on the process. And so after 40 years of this competition, the world record was 25 hot dogs. Kobayashi ate 50 in 12 minutes and he only weighs 128 pounds. He doubled the world record. So that's like somebody running a two minute mile. So he didn't just beat the world record, he doubled it. And I love that example that he didn't take the current world record as a limit for himself. He knew that his potential was to go further and to do more. And so because of that, he was able to be so successful and he was able to create a whole new dynamic where this past July 4th, I think the, the winner ate 71 hot dogs in 12 minutes. And so it's the same idea with the four minute mile, how nobody could do it and people thought it was impossible. But as soon as Roger Bannister did it, then everyone else, not everyone else obviously, but after just months after several other people were able to because he broke that limit and he showed people that they could do more as well. But if you know much about the hot dog eating competition world, which I'm guessing you probably don't, uh, Kobayashi was not as successful. Um, He inspired other people with his technique and other people followed suit. And so he ended up losing to Joey Chestnut. And when the host asked him how he handles defeat, I really liked his answer. He said that you can only focus on yourself and see how far you can go. And so again, it's this great theme of how Kobayashi only focuses on what he can control. He can't control what Joey Chestnut has done, but he just wants to make sure that he's reaching his potential. And so in conclusion, the host talked about how Kobayashi redefined the problem that he was trying to solve. He realized that it was a sport and it wasn't just having a meal. Other competitors were asking, how can I fit more hot dogs in my stomach? But Kobayashi asked a different question. He asked, how can I make one hot dog easier to eat? And that's a great example of breaking down our big goals into small steps. And all we need to focus on is what do I need to do next? The host also said that Kobayashi realized that if everyone else is asking the wrong question, he shouldn't give much credence to the previous world record. He didn't limit his ability or his potential to succeed. And to wrap up, Kobayashi asked, what limits in your life aren't real? And I love that message that we're constantly limiting ourselves or thinking we're not good enough or smart enough to do something, but instead we can break through those limits and we can reach our full potential when we work hard just like Kobayashi did. So in closing, I never thought we would talk so much about hot dogs on here. But we really hope that these tactics and tools about entrepreneurship and limits help you or someone you know to build a great life this week. 
So thank you again for the reviews and sharing the podcast. It's really exciting to see the community grow. And we just want to thank you again for being here. We know that we're all busy and we have a lot going on, but it means a lot that you're here. So thanks again, and we'll see you next week.